The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good day and welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Mary McKenna, in for Kelly Scanlon today, and our guest is an entrepreneur who, well, probably runs a business, a slightly different business than what many of you listening run. A fan of Disney cartoons, stuffed animals, in fact, animals in general since she was a child, Sarah D., an artist, got her start making fur costumes for friends and others in 2009, and we're going to find out what was just a favor to friends has turned into a thriving business in Boulder, Colorado, and we welcome her to the show. Hi, Sarah. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. So you had a career in advertising, kind of following in your father's footsteps, because I worked with your father, and we won't talk about how many years ago, because that will let everybody know just how really old I am. But you set out on your own in 2011 and founded Menagerie Workshop. And you are involved in the world of furries. Can you tell us what that's all about, what furries are? And it's a kind of a whole cult following. Sure, absolutely. So furries are people who are just fans of anthropomorphic animals. So, you know, that could be um, animation or... Um, you know, various different types of art. Think uh, Disney films. So, you know, Robin Hood, Lady and the Tramp, all mm-hmm. those all those films that we grew up with um, that were very pivotal in my childhood and I, obviously in the childhood of many others. Um, even Zootopia, the new film that, that's actually, I think, coming out today, um, would be considered an anthropomorphic film. And that's what these furries are really big fans of. Um, and then a lot of them will even take it kind of a step further and, and have almost like a, like a totem animal, a spirit animal that they associate with. And then they, you know, they really bring this, this animal to life kind of in their mind. And what that consists of is, you know, they might have art drawn. Um, and usually this animal really represents something that they, they really want to be or are striving to be or feel like is a good representation of, of who they want to be. Um, and it's just kind of fun for, for people to imagine uh, um, themselves as kind of something else. It's, I suppose, a form of escapism. Um, and a lot of the furries are, are younger, maybe 18 to 30, and, I would say, is the big range. And aren't most uh, of them men? I think I read that a high percentage of them um, are, are male. You know, it started out like that, and I'm sure that the demographics still skew a bit male, but... Um, I would say that they go to the, you know they go to these big conventions where you can buy art and um, it's a great place to showcase all these different costumes. Um, and I would say it's it's skewed slightly male, but it's not mostly male. Well, how did you get started in the business? So I grew up loving Disney films. I was a huge fan of The Lion King. I had the whole thing memorized, would act it out, and <laughs> I really just connected with a lot of the animals in, in the films. And I thought that they were just really neat and cute, and I always loved stuffed animals and. Any little animal toy I was always very interested in. And um, I had a friend who was, who was interested in this, this culture, and they were showing me 
um, a lot of the costumes and a lot of the art, and a lot of the art could be like fan art, so it would be like really beautifully drawn, you know, um, like Lion King style lions or just neat, neat things. And I was like, oh, that's really cool that people are are doing that. Um, but it was really these costumes that fascinated me. So, um, you know, they were going through and showing me some of these really beautifully realistic costumes. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's really neat. Like, I bet you I could make that. And they were like, no, you can't. That takes a lot of work. I was like, I don't know. I bet I could do it. Um, and that's sort of what <laughs> it was sparked by the person saying, no, you, you couldn't make that. And I was like, you want to bet? Yes, I can. <laughs> so um, sort of from from then on, I, I gathered what very little information there was on the Internet. I guess this must have been 2008. Um, and I gathered what very little information there was then about building costumes um, aside from some of the, the larger, you know, Henson um, like puppetry building mm-hmm. type schools. There really isn't a whole lot out there for a budding fabricator. Um, so I kind of had to make it up. Um, and from there, I, I just took what I thought would work, and that was couch cushions and <laughs> various other bits. And uh, I, I put them together and... And it actually turned out pretty well. And, you know, not only did it turn out well, but I had a really good time building it. It's very, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting experience taking something that is nothing. It was a pile of basically garbage, um, taking that, building it into something that looks alive. And you did it for fun, not necessarily to make any money. All of a sudden, yeah. you had people saying, hey, I like that. Where did you buy it. So I, I sold the first one that I made online. And um, after that, I had, you know, I, I put my contact information up, um, you know, a couple of different places, Facebook and Twitter. Um, and just to kind of share the, the process of, you know, building and share the things that I was making. And I started getting all these requests and people were asking, well, do you, do you take commissions? And I was like, commissions? I don't, I don't understand. And so I had, you know, it really started to snowball um, with all of these requests for things. And and that's when my business sort of made a switch from making, you know, one-off things that, that I just would sell on a whim to actually um, taking contracts from people to, to build much larger, much more intricate projects that they had actually designed. Um, so their vision I was bringing to life. Now, you can check out all of the uh, designs and your website, which is menagerieshop.com. There are images there. But how many... Yeah, Menagerie Workshop. I'm sorry, Menagerie Workshop. How many costumes do you make in a year? Oh, gosh. So in a year, I make probably anywhere from 40 to 52 costumes. I try to complete about a costume a week, but it completely depends on the complexity of the costume. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them, you know... If you go online, a lot of them are very intricate. They'll be wired with LEDs. They'll have horns and wings. And obviously those costumes take quite a bit longer to complete than um, the more simple costumes. Mm-hmm. And these fursuits uh, range in price from what to what? Um, so the costume heads started around $800. That's the most intricate part. Um, but for a full costume, which is going to be, it's going to make you an animal head to toe, um, those start at nineteen hundred and range anywhere up into the the four or five thousand dollar range. 
Really? Wow. Do people yeah. come back and order additional costumes from you? I mean, the same customer? Do you have repeat customers? I have had a few repeat customers. The beauty of this business is that people want to become these characters, and they don't always just have one character. Um, oftentimes, they'll they'll have a few characters that maybe represent different parts of themselves or are just fun to play. Um, so they will come back to me with another design that they say, you know, oh, I, I had fun in this costume, um, and now I want to be this. And the other thing I'm noticing is some of my customers from a few years ago, I started full-time in 2011. Um, from a few years ago, some of the first costumes I made, um, those people are coming back to me now that I've, I, I improved vastly. You've evolved. Because this is such, <laughs> yes, very much so. Because this is such a, it's such a new industry that um, there's really not any one way that it, it, people expect it to go. So my style has obviously changed over the past four or five years. So these people who were my original customers are coming back and saying, hey, wow, I remember I got a costume from you back when, you know, you had first started and, and I'd like a costume again. Um, so that's kind of neat to see. What do you call yourself? Um, I would call myself a costume fabricator. <laughs> a costume fabricator, <laughs> um, but deal, dealing yeah, specifically so in furries. Dealing physically in furries? Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, sorry. I mean, uh, specifically in furries, yes. Um, and I also do other um, costumes, not just for furries. I actually, I've done quite a few mascots for schools. I've done corporate mascots. Um, so any, any large fabricated mascot is definitely in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, it just so happens that this, this market of the furries is huge. So how much can a person make, say, ballpark figure? Oh, gosh, at, at least, at least a hundred thousand a year, if not more. The problem becomes that you don't have enough time in the day to really create these costumes because they are just large and time-consuming and there's a lot of individual pieces that goes into each one, um, unfortunately, there's really, unless you're, you're starting to expand and hire other people, which has its own challenges, mm -hmm. um, there's really only so much work one person can do because really these are works of art. And I, I think that if you were to sort of assembly line them or bring in a team of, of people who just would each do their you know smaller parts that they we're producing and then put it all together, I don't think it would have the same effect um, as, as the one person bringing something to life head to toe. We're talking to costume designer and uh, a furrier of sorts, uh, Sarah D., who is in Boulder, Colorado, formerly of Kansas City. How long? You, you left Kansas City when you were how old, Sarah? Eight. About eight. Okay. All right. Well, we we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll find out more about the furry population. And you're listening to Smart Companies Radio on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Mary McKenna, in for Kelly Scanlon. We'll be right back. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. I'm Sarah. I'm Ellen. One night, I was at a bar. One night, I was at a bar. I had one too many drinks. I had one too many drinks. 
I got behind the wheel. I got a cab. A squirrel ran across the road. A squirrel ran across the road. I swerved. The cab swerved. I hit a guy. The cabbie just missed a guy. I wish I took a cab. Thank goodness I took a cab. You have the choice to save a life. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. Welcome back and good morning to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Mary McKenna in for Kelly Scadlin and our guest today is Sarah D, a young costume designer in Boulder, Colorado, who specializes in uh, mascots and uh, furries, which are becoming huge. Have you ever attended any of these Comic-Cons, Sarah, and some of the furry conventions? And, and they're not necessarily the same thing, right? Furries have their own conventions, which obviously skews more towards um, anthropomorphic art in animal art, and then, but there's a huge crossover between anime conventions, comic cons, and furry cons. And I've been to quite a few all across the country, and they're quite fun. And, and that's probably a great way to market your product as well. So, do you actually go to market your costumes? Um, I actually do go to market my costumes. Oftentimes, we'll get a tailor uh, table in what they call the dealer's den. So uh, it's, it's a whole bunch of different artists and other costume designers um, that are showing off their wares, and people can actually come in and and purchase costumes or talk to um, these these artists to commission costumes um, and, and just browse the art. The specific term furry and, and uh, furry fandom was used in fanzines as opposed to magazines as early as 1983, and it's becoming uh, a big, big business, and especially by the late 90s, and it doesn't see, at least I can't see any downturn in the business at all. If someone had told you you were going to do this when you were 15, 16, what would you have thought? Um, you know, older me would have thought, that's crazy. You're never going to make a, a business out of that. And it also, you know, it wasn't super on my radar to be an artist. I was never a, a particularly artsy child. I always wanted to be, you know, in business or advertising and or maybe a writer. But I never really thought that I would be a costume designer. But it, it seems to be a great fit. Once I got rolling with it, it really, um, it, it, it really suits me. And... Um, I would have never thought that this would have been the path I took, even through, you know, up until think I quit my job in advertising in 2011. I never really thought this would be my full-time job, but here I am working 40-plus hours a week. Um, Turning you know, out costumes. something that I really enjoy. That's awesome. It is great to be able to do something that you enjoy like this. Now, there have been a thought process about furries is that first, a lot of us don't get it, and then there are some sexual overtone or connotations behind the furry convention goers. Is that overblown? Has anybody asked you to make a costume that you wondered uh, what they were going to use it for? <laughs> you know, out of out of the 300 plus costumes that I've made um, and the, the thousands of inquiries that I get, I have had one person ask for any sort of thing that I was like, ah, uh, I don't know about that. And, you know, so I think that's a pretty good it gives you a good idea. There's, you know, obviously even you go to these Comic-Cons, you go to these anime cons, and you're, and you're going to see 
some sexual undertones. You know, some of those Comic-Con outfits, I'm just like, whoa, you know, can you wear that in public? <laughs> um, so <laughs> obviously, if you're looking for it, you'll find it, just like in anything. But I think it's way overblown. Um, it has actually been, I kind of went in with the connotation because, you know, sex sells and you always hear the media like, oh, it's, it, you know, that's what people want to hear. But it's actually, I was very surprised that it was my opposite experience um, coming to these community, into this community, that it really isn't. It's not what people think it is when they when they see these you know these silly episodes. I guess there's like an episode of CSI or you know all these overblown things. It's really not like that. Do you see more growth in the business? Do you see room for other people to also get into this line of work, or do you see it tapering off in the next few years? I you know it's hard to predict. It ha- it's something that hasn't been around for a long time. It is de- it is definitely growing, and there's definitely room in the business. Um, I personally am actually um, close to being booked up for commissions. I'm only taking on a couple of select projects at a time. I'm booked up currently about a year out. Um, and most of the other artists that I know who also make costumes have similar wait times. So I think that there's definitely room in the business for for new costume designers, specifically for furries. And I think there's enough room for everyone, and it's neat because it's it draws a lot of these young people who who see other others doing it, and I see a lot of these newer businesses coming kind of popping up, and these kids are young; they're they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty, um, starting their own businesses, and I think that that's really that's really neat. It, and did you take any type of courses or get mentors or anything as far as running your own business? Because it's one thing to be talented and to be able to do something, but then when you have the business of running a business, that's a whole nother world. Did you get any assistance on that? Yeah. So it definitely, that's that's the hardest part for me. Um, I never, I didn't come into this as a business-minded person. It was more of a kind of got thrown at me. So I, I have had some wonderful mentors. My father um, has been just a great resource throughout this entire thing. And then, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of information online um, about small businesses and I'm just kind of figuring out it out as I go. Well, fortunately you don't have a, a staff to have to worry about making payroll for. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's nice to keep things small. We're talking to Sarah D. She is a, a costume designer in Boulder, Colorado. Her shop is Menagerie Workshop, and the website is menagerieworkshop.com. And if you'd like a custom-designed costume uh, for this year, you're probably out of luck. But maybe if you're interested in 2017 <laughs> or 18, she might be able to squeeze you in. Sarah, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, and uh, best of luck, continued success. Thank you so much, Mary. And if you'd like to learn how you can grow your business, uh, check out our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.